Humans have long desired to sit by a warm hearth with a roof over their head, protected from the elements. Shelter is not a yearn unique to humans. All kinds of animals burrow and build to keep their predators and weather at bay. The bagworm moth caterpillar is one such industrious builder. But they're also rambling creatures. Looking to the horizon, it goes to show a mobile home seems like the perfect way to crawl through life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us at our home on the web at ltaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, Richard Kaspar, Lottie Aubrey, and Gray Hughes. Thank you so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a tiny Lincoln in a tiny cabin, but more on that later. Oh, you took one of my nicknames. Hmm. But yeah, we're talking about the bagworm moth. If that's not <laughs> if that's not a Dark Souls boss name. If I walked through a, a boss fog wall and it said bagworm moth, I'd I'd feel right at home. Um Definitely sounds like something that's going to beat you over the head with a big Santa sack of horrible, I don't know, giblets. <laughs> if you switch those two things and call it Moth Bagworm, that's def- that's either a Star Wars character or a <laughs> Grand- conniving little character that good guys shouldn't listen to. <laughs> the gr- gr- and Moth Bagworm is definitely an orc name. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, yes, you can be the Grand Moth Bagworm. <laughs> Mon Mothma Bagworm Tarkin. Lots of moths Anything in Star Wars. Anything goes in Star Wars. We already talked about uh, Salacious Crumb. Yeah. Uh, sounds tasty. Um, so the Bagworm Moth is also called the Bagworm, just by itself. Uh, bag moth and also the case moth um, but we're gonna call it here honest Abe and the off-grid grub uh, honest honest you say honest Abe yes just straight down the middle was I supposed to was I supposed to use the the bumpers on that <laughs> that bowl <laughs> well just like there's no I was like there's no like oh I tried fl- I tried. <laughs> I was like, how do how, like there's a lot of there's there are a lot of syllables in Abraham Lincoln. There's got to be one of these syllables that I could make sound <laughs> that it contribute to a caterpillar or a moth, but I couldn't. Um, no. Caterplinkin? No, it's not good. No. See, yeah. So honest Abe it is. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to taxonomize this? Sure. It is what we do. Uh, the kingdom, or well, we we don't taxonomize it. If they don't, they, I mean, they don't ask us. Um, no. 
The, the Kingdom try you know you love it. Too, though. I'd give it a shot. Um, but there's turns out yeah. there's a lot more to it uh, than you think. You know, wildebeest is an antelope. I know. It's crazy. We could do better than that. <laughs> Humpback whales, uh, even toad ungulates. What's going on here, um, man? If it, <laughs> every single time that comes up, we talk about humpback whales. Uh, mm-hmm. So the kingdom, you know, you love it. You're in it. The kingdom is animalia. The phylum is arthropoda. It's a moth. Uh, cla- or, I mean, that, that's not all just moths, but, you know, it has an exoskeleton. The class is insecta. The order is lepidoptera. All the butterflies of the butterfly order. That sounds like the worst set of Batman villains. The butterfly order. <laughs> it's like... It, that would make the Court of Owls like a, it was just a massive upgrade. Um, the family uh, is Psychidae. So it looks like Psychic, spelled just it's like a Psychic that. Pokemon. Yeah, like a uh, Venomoth. Definitely not Psychic, but is used by the Psychic. But I know you can use confusion and stuff. Yeah. Um, the genus is Megalophanes. Phanes. <laughs> Megalomart. Yeah, Megalomark. Get some Chuck Mangione in here. Um, the species <laughs> is uh, uh, Visiella. Megalophanes Visiella. That's pretty good. That's That sounds very uh, Italian. The second one. The first one. I don't know where that, where that came from. But um, but that since we're, the, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Groups. Part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the term of entry, or what is the collective noun? Almost forgot it, but uh, we got there. Uh, if you saw a group of moths, would you call it A, an eclipse of moths, B, a flutter of moths, C, a harrowing of moths, or D, candle? of moths candles good uh give me the first two again eclipse and flutter i'm gonna say a harrowing of moths final answer it's just fun ah that is incorrect um but i'm glad you chose it because that was the that was my red herring my red harrowing (laughs) is it a candle no it's an eclipse an eclipse of moths. That was my like fourth guess. I thought you would go with flutter because it's a flutter of butterflies, which we've already gone over. Yeah, but, um, it was drawing. It was draw. I was drawn to it, but not like a moth to the flame. I <laughs> uh, can't bear to stand in the same candlelight. All right, yeah, it's an eclipse of moths. They <laughs> are moths. We'll blot out the sun. <laughs> then we will flutter in the shade. Um, <laughs> would you like to hear about what this guy looks like? I sure would. So the moth, the adult moth, um, is an extremely fuzzy muffin. It is a uh, is yellow-brown puffball with four transparent <laughs> wings like a dragonfly. kind of looks like a, a, a bee that got like a mega evolution. I was like holding a mega stone. 
because um, <laughs> it's got so, um, <clears throat> some variants have like these stripes between like a yellowish and a brownish so it kind of looks like a bumblebee the lower half of its body um, the abdomen is longer um, it has it almost looks like this sort of segmented tail um, it has a very specific function of for locomotion um, which I'm sure you'll talk about um, and it also has two very long feathery antenna you know classic moth antenna um, coming from its head and it's got the, the six legs that put it in that neat little order, uh, class of insecta. But uh, how big is it? Well, good question. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms to a quiz that's fun for the whole family. Uh, it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or fluttering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week, but oh, that means we get to hear from a a worm or a caterpillar in the culture. And um, hmm. Carlos can guess who it is. Interesting. Um, well, last time it was between Heimlich and Absalom, so <clears throat> interested to see what the options are here. There's the bookworm from Toy Story 2, 3. That's all I got. Okay. Well, let's, in eight seconds after this ad. <laughs> trying to think of any other caterpillars. Like, there's the caterpillar that the two birds chase in um, in Fox and the Hound. Who doesn't that. have any lines. Yeah, this person's got to have lines. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Hello. Did you say hello? No, I said hello, but that's close enough. You're a worm, aren't you? Yeah, shot. You don't by any chance know the way through this labyrinth, do you? Oh, me? Nah, I'm just a worm. Oh. <laughs> that was very I, I don't know confusing. The way I'm just a worm. There's, there's just a lot of uh, dead, dead space on that one. Um, uh, do you know what that's from? She said labyrinth, so I'm going to go with labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what that character's name is? He also said it. He said it. Yeah. Worm. Yeah. <laughs> All the pieces were in the clip. <laughs> well, uh, I've never it's seen Labyrinth. Um, Neither have I. The little that I have seen of it, it's just too... I missed, I missed the boat to enjoy that movie, I think. Too it's like, weird and too... Yeah, for kids, but it's weird. Well, it's like the, it's like the never-ending story or the Dark Crystal, like... A lot of puppetry, a lot of weird 80s um, storytelling and stuff. It's just, uh, it, yeah, I missed the boat on that one. Um, probably um, would have liked it if I was 10 years older than I am. The The funny thing about that scene is, like, I don't know the way. And then she, he, like, 
he she's like, I just can't find any uh, anywhere else to go. And he's like, Why don't you go through that hole? And there's a hole in the like there's a wall, a illusory wall. And he, then she, he's like, then she's like, Okay, thanks. And then she starts going one way. And he's like, No, not that way. Never go that way. And then he goes, she goes the other way. And then he's like, Well, you should mind if I've gone the other way. That way's bad too. Um, so the worm did know a lot about getting through the labyrinth, but he was too modest. Isn't David, also, that's a David Bowie movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, super. Um, he's also a worm named Worm. Well, his name is Worm, but he looks like a caterpillar. And this thing's name is Worm, and it is a caterpillar. Bag Worm. Okay, so it it works. It works. Uh, let's talk about the moth's wingspan. The The male moth is slightly larger, and they're between 18 and 22 millimeters, which is, like, not a, a significant amount of inches. So how many bagworm moths go into the distance of Kelvin Kiptum's... The distance that Kelvin Kiptum could run in two hours... Uh, 22 millimeters is 0.86 inches. So here's a hint. Kiptum is a distance runner from Kenya who sadly died in a car accident this past Sunday uh, at the age of 24. He was a livestock herder as a boy and trained to become an electrician until his running career took off. He is uh, a world record holder and nearly broke a record that uh, that was thought to be impossible to break. A long distance. This is an example of uh, something that I was just decided to look up for Measure Up that turned out to be extremely to- topical. Well, I know that so he's the record holder for a long distance run, and I know that there are like one hundred mile. Ultra marathon super runs or whatever. So it's got to be more than a hundred miles. How do you do that? I mean, you have to stop to like go to the bathroom. Even like a regular marathon that you often have to do that. And with all that shaking around, you're probably going to have to go to the bathroom more often than you would if you were just seated. Uh, I'll go with, um, I don't know, 150 miles. That sounds good. 11 million. Final answer. 11 million bagworm moths go into the the max distance um, that this guy ran. Final answer? Yeah. The correct answer is 1.9 million. Bagworms. What? We're talking a regular marathon. Oh, wait. I misunderstood the question. You should have... Uh, corrected me. I, said, I, was, I was going on like the I longest s- distance that anyone has run. No, no. I said, go. how long can he run in two hours? I thought you thought this was Captain America or something. Oh, Kenya. yeah. I would have gone... Uh, oh, I misunderstood the question. I was going. Oh man, I, I thought when I said 150 miles, you really, you're really besmirching this man's legacy by undercutting him this much. 
But uh, no, yeah, yeah, not not the longest distance possible. It's how long could he go in an, in two hours? He's a world record holder in the marathon, which he broke in Boston. So he can run. Um, he runs quickly and not necessarily for the longest distances. Uh, he ran the mar- so. In the marathon running world, the two-hour mark is like the mythical, like impossible to beat time. And he got to like two hours and like 38 seconds. Oh, wow. I mean, that means you're going 13.1 miles per hour for two hours on average. Which is pretty, pretty dang. Like that's pretty 15 miles intense. an hour is like a dead sprint for most people. So yeah, that's pretty incredible. That is like Captain America. Honestly, if you were running with this yeah. guy, it would feel like he, you, he's, he's just lapping you <laughs> on your left. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about bag length. Yeah. It was just crazy. Like I was like, what's the fastest, time to run a marathon who is the record holder for that and then i looked it up and i'm like oh this guy is a record holder oh he died sunday what are the odds that i would just like randomly think to look up this guy yeah very interesting very sad um very sad uh bag length let's talk bag length um 17 to 22 millimeters and we'll talk about what a bag is later 22 millimeters again all right well let me make sure i think it is i think it is 22 millimeters but that is that's coincidental enough to make me need to look it up so how many bagworms go into the length of the old faithful inn from east to west from the east wing to the west wing I'm assuming it's an inn near Old Faithful. Great, great guess. My intuition. So 100% right. Uh, here's a hint. The Old Faithful Inn is considered to be the largest log structure in the world. There is some contention that the old forestry building built in Oregon during Lewis and Clark's expedition was larger before burning down in 1964 However, even at the time before its additions, the old Faithful Inn building was larger. They're they're contemporary buildings, and um, built around the same time, and the old Faithful is bigger. And we still have that. Imagine having something built in like what, uh, 1908. The and it was like one of the largest log cabins in the world, and then it, you burn it down. Oh. Yeah, that's a talk about egg on your face. That's where you no, just like not, snap. It wouldn't your have fingers. been nineteen. When would it have been built? When was Lewis and Clark like? Was that that was like 18- the early eighteen? That was early eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it might be eighteen, eighteen oh eight. Yeah, you said nineteen oh eight. It didn't bat an eye. I'm like running on fumes here. Um, the. If you look at pictures of the old forestry building in Oregon, it looks incredible. Like it's made of redwoods. I think I've seen this before or something. 
I remember seeing like, oh, this is a very, very big log cabin. It's been a while though. I'm gonna go to the football field. Twelve thousand five hundred. Bagware moths go into the east to west wing in the old faithful log cabin inn. Uh the correct answer is nine thousand five hundred and forty five bagworms. The inn no. is seven hundred feet or two hundred and ten meters long. That is a seventy six percent. Short. It's just short. <laughs> it uh yeah, I mean I the old faithful inn is the biggest, but it's like a it's a it's a log structure so it's also made of stone so it doesn't look like a lincoln log cabin like the forestry building does um so there's something it's the both of them are really awesome and you can actually visit the old faithful one so let's do that let's do that should we go yeah it is really big i'm looking at pictures now um and goodness there's like Five floors. I would very um, much like to go. All right. Uh, is that good on the measure up? Uh, yeah. Do you have any fast facts before we get into the major fact? I do. So the uh, bagworm moth, or this particular one, the uh, uh, so bagworm moths are the entire family of Psychidae. There are thirteen, over thirteen hundred species of bagworm moth. Moth, but the specific Megalophanes visiella um, that is located in Europe, believe it or not, <laughs> based on the way I just pronounced the nomenclature. <laughs> um, it is uh, found in the uh, Mediterranean, Great Britain, um, and it is found as far east as Japan. Uh, so it is. It's kind of up there in the Palearctic region, on in the Western Hemisphere. No, no, the Eastern Hemisphere. Why would why would I say the Western Hemisphere? The Eastern one. Um, egg on your face. Yeah, egg on my face. West what, Western Hemisphere is where I live. Uh, the so the caterpillars of the bagworm moth uh, feed on various plants, including grasses, sedges, flowering plants, heathers, birch trees, berry bush leaves, and clowns woundwort, which is the name of a of a flowering purple, purple flowering plant. But mm -hmm. man, who named that thing? Pennywise. <laughs> clowns wounds. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe is that because you find it kind of funny. You find it kind of sad. Maybe maybe someone just really didn't like clowns, and in and to them, like flowers offered a happy feeling, and the idea of a wounded clown also offered a happy feeling. So <clears throat> disgusting. So like what? Like someone named one flower baby's breath. It's like oh, it's a nice. And someone named another flower really hated clown's wounds. The flower. <laughs> Maybe the flower is so disappointing. You're like, this is like a wounded clown. Like I expected to laugh and to have joy. I expected a funny flower. <laughs> and this one has a broken leg. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, we're not here to talk about flowers. This is life, death, and taxon. I mean, flowers aren't alive. Yes, they are. Um, there is one species of bag moth that's collected as food uh, in southern Africa. Um, overall, they don't live very long. Um, they kind of just exist to breed. I mean, a lot of animals do that. But it's kind of like a salmon situation where they are born, they grow up, they breed, and then they immediately die. Um, and they are also... Some uh, version, some species of bag moths are uh, parthenogenic, which means uh, they can clone themselves, or females can clone themselves. They don't need male fertilization to... Um, to have eggs that hatch into more moths. Um, birds will sometimes eat egg-laden females. Um, and the, the eggs are hard-shelled, so they are not digested. And they pass straight through the bird's digestive system and can be spread out throughout the, the area. We've talked about something else that does that. Yeah, plants. Plants do that all the time. It's their favorite thing to do. No, no, uh, some animals. Remember the, there was some, is it like a cricket or something or a grasshopper that flicks its um, eggs away to be eaten? I don't remember that. Neither do I. <laughs> well, this one is fine. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're fine being eaten because they're going to die. They're about to die anyway. Um, and the eggs are dispersed, uh, just like a, a, f a fruit plant wants animals to eat it, uh, eat the fruit so that the seeds are dispersed. Um, mm -hmm. and that's all I got. Okay. I'm calling this a uh, major fact, a cabin in the woods. Have you ever been in the woods and seen a mysterious cabin? What if that cabin was tiny? moving along a branch it grows the economy it hurts nobody <laughs> <laughs> bagworm larvae create protective cases made out of sticks to camouflage themselves and to protect against predators so literally they build a house of sticks to protect themselves against the big bad wolf although not wolves probably like other bugs the construction of these cases serves as a form of defense and shelter. The larvae incorporate materials from whatever they can find, like twigs, leaves, and debris, uh, into their silk cases. And the cases n not only provide um, physical protection, but also blends in with the surroundings. So it ends up being... Uh, Harder for predators to detect them, and if they found them, it would be harder for them to get at them. Unless, of course, it's, you're like a bird and a bunch of sticks is nothing to you. Uh, different bag worms create extremely different kinds of bags, wouldn't you know? To the point that the species are primarily identified by the materials they use to make the case. You got to make their case. This guy's making a case that he's this kind of bag worm. But uh, he's honest Abe, so. 
We can trust his case. We can trust he he can trust this this worm. That's what that's what they said about worm worm tongue though. So you can trust he's on the case. <laughs> Twigs are common as a material, but they may be placed uh, vertically or horizontally relative to the bagworm's body. Some are joined together neatly and uniformly, while others are haphazard. Um, you can even see some that are, look like a log cabin that's spiraling, like a like if you took like a um, a rectangle and twisted it. It looks very striking. Uh, hmm. Some species forego plant material and use things like down feathers for a more luxurious mobile home. Oh, that's what a I would silken, go with. Literally, they're wearing silken feathers. Yeah, I want uh, I want to be comfortable in my cabin. But I can't imagine down feathers provide that much protection. Oh, like a cushion. Uh, I saw another one. I'm not sure if it was photoshopped, but it looked like it had a it its case was like, looked like a tiny black hat for a witch. <laughs> a little witch hat. A little pointy hat. Uh yeah. Um so megalophan Megalophanes Vicella makes a bag that looks like a little, like just straight up like a tiny Lincoln log cabin. Um, like sticks are stacked in square or crisscross patterns. Um, and whatever the material used, the caterpillars use silk to glue the structure together. And when they decide to park for a while, They'll also glue the case to whatever they're on to give their home more stability. A sustainable home. I, so I've, looking into this and doing the research, I realized that, like, I've seen thousands of these things. Yeah. Apparently, one of the most common ones, I think, in the U.S. is a pine needle one. And um, it looks like a tiny pine cone hanging off a pine branch. But it's actually a case made by one of these guys. And it's made of the pine needles itself. Yeah, I've like pulled them off of stuff. And sometimes they're really easy to pull off. And sometimes it's like really yes. stuck on there. And That's I think- something I like. They're, they're like... Um, so like when they're ready to pupate, they... They, they will, like, attach their whole house to whatever they're going to build their pupa on. So it uh, it's like a ready-made, ready-made protection uh, for, for pupating. Uh, and it's stuck to a branch or leaf. And it can be actually quite difficult to pull off. You couldn't just flick it off. Um, yeah, you got to grab it at the, t- at, the, at the base like a tick. Pull yeah. it off. But, yeah. That's uh, and I, you know, I wonder if the tiny, the things we see around here that they're tiny little cocoons, but they're like they look brown. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're hanging off of things. I mean, I think that's those are bagworms. Those little things. I'm not sure if those are like just cocoons, or if it's literally a bagworm that can move around, and it's made of like detritus. I think. I mean, I've seen some of them moving around. And then, and cra- yeah, crawling up and down 
like a fence post or a tree or something like that. But that's because they're on their way to go anchor anchor it somewhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to look up Florida bagworms, but, uh, but very interesting. Yeah, they make a little house for themselves. This is one of those ones that are like, you see it, and it looks so like, it doesn't look real. It doesn't look like something nature would produce. The the this this particular one that looks like a log cabin. Yes, the the witch's hat one is fun. Yeah, plaster bagworms might be what we have. The spiraling one looks like. It looks incredible. Yeah. Um, it, like it looks not real, but it is. It looks like modern art on the back of a, of a worm. Um, and then some, the, some of them just look like, yeah, a hodgepodge of sticks. But yeah, there are some that just, yeah, the, the hodgepodge of sticks, that's what I'm used to seeing. Oh, really? And it's like pretty small. I don't think, oh yeah, maybe. I'm. I mean, this. What I may. What I'm talking about may not be a, a bagworm, but it is like something covered in. It looks like a, a bunch of sticks all held together with silk, that are stuck to the underside of things in South Florida. I haven't seen them that much here, but. But the log cabin one, looks like they made cuts. Yeah, it, it looks very specific. It's uniform. It looks fake. But it says the bagworm moth caterpillar cuts up pieces of plant to create home. So they do. They're literally carpenters. And it's a and it's like a perfect helix too. Yeah. I couldn't do that if I wanted to. I mean there's lot <laughs> I mean there's lots of things that bugs can do that I couldn't do if I wanted to, but I'm How not really that envious of most of that stuff. <laughs> like spraying uh spraying boiling liquid from your abdomen. I could do that. Uh, one of them looks like a little like fall foliage hat. Bugs and hats is good. Yeah, I want to see all different kinds of hats on the bugs. I want to see like a like a. I mean, that's what we're looking at. I, I, I want to see like a flat cap. No, no, no. You can't a have bowler hat. Those are human hats. There's a witch hat. It that's was a never human culturally hat. Culturally appropriate. That's true. Or maybe witches got it from that. Wizard hat. That goes that that would just be the witch hat, but gray. If you saw this in nature, you'd think somebody did it. You'd think a human did it. You'd think a human t- uh, like glued a bunch of l- small sticks together in a helix and then glued that to some poor unsuspecting unsus- bug. Yeah, or just to the side of a tree or something. Until it started to move. Uh, but that's all I got. All right, that's all I got. It's the the bag. Just do what we're doing. Once you're not driving anymore, and just get lost looking at bagworm hats. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting vice to have. Like I just can't stop looking at bagworm <laughs> hats on the internet. <laughs> My strange addiction. <laughs> you could like decorate your office with different kinds of like little fake bagworms, all with all different kinds of hats. You can collect them all like crazy bones. <laughs> you flick them at each other? <laughs> I don't think they have the structural integrity for that, but you can try it. 
Um, Alright, that was the bagworm moth caterpillar. For you out there in Podcastia, find a choice tree. Try to reproduce before you die, I guess, and build an off-grid cabin in the woods when you are ready to pupate like the bag moth here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Yeah, you can't have a mortgage and pupate.